0: Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is the STL Soccer Report. It is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. It's also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening again. It's been a while. Um, I went on a long trip to Costa Rica. I got to see some Costa Rican soccer, um, had a really good time there, obviously, um, I was on another vacation before that, um, I'm really spoiled to be able to go on vacation as often as I do, um, but there are repercussions, and that is that, um, I did go to Florida for preseason, and I got a million interviews, and I still haven't posted them, I just had no time to do that, so, um, I am posting two um, two of the most important ones that are starting to get dated at this point um, that I got, and that is with Anthony Poulos, our coach, and of course with Jeremy Ollenbaugh. So I'm throwing those at the end of this episode, but first you're going to hear me talking to Mark Turner. He is um, a co host of the Back Chat show. They cover the Colorado Switchbacks. So Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC, to be exact. So um, they're coming to town this Saturday, uh, which is only in two days. Uh, Tonight, you know, if you're listening to this, it must be Friday, uh, probably, or maybe Saturday morning. So it looks to be like a rainy, kind of cold day. So bring your jackets, bring your scarves, bring your warm sweatshirts and pants, maybe wear some long underwear, perhaps, um, because it's going to be uh, a bit chilly, perhaps cloudy. Uh, at least the game is earlier in the day. It might be a little warmer in that in that regard. So um, I'll be out there. I will we'll be tailgating right around two o'clock. We're going to hang out at my brother-in-law's house watching soccer all morning. And so I think we'll probably be drinking early. So if you want to come say hi, I'll be in good spirits if you want to come to my brother-in-law's house, just get at me online. My DMs are open everywhere, and uh, I would love to have you over and hang out. It'd be a lot of fun. We're just watching soccer all day, and uh, we'll have kids running around, uh, but the more kids there are, the less you have to watch them, typically. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So far, that's true in my life, so uh, perhaps that's true for you, I hope. Um, all right. Um, I told you who's in this show Um I haven't really talked about the game so far. I think the only things I do want to say uh, is that I'm curious about Houston, about RGV rather. Um, I wonder if they're good or if St. Louis just had a really bad day. They just hadn't figured out or gotten their legs under them for the first game. Maybe nervous, but St. Louis didn't look good. Um, St. Louis also didn't look like their normal selves. And I was worried that they weren't going to be able to play on the level that they played against college teams and division four or tier four teams, um, in Denver FC, um, or FC Denver. But, um, that second game against San Antonio, they looked exactly like the team that I saw in preseason, um, just against difficult, more difficult, um, opposition, obviously some, um, mistakes in the, in the back, um, some center back, perhaps positioning, um, one guy went around Sam Fink for the first goal and everyone was just mixed out of position at that point and they sent it across and it went in. Um, perhaps Fenlison could have come out for that one. Uh, perhaps not. Um, that's against RGV. I thought Fenlison did a great job in that game, but against um, San Antonio, I thought perhaps he could have come out earlier, maybe caught flat footed. I'm not an expert. I don't know, um, but I would be curious what everyone thought about those situations, um, but other than the bad defending, the lap but rather let's say two lapses in defending throughout a whole 90 minute game, um, I liked what I saw from that team and so uh, you know I haven't heard people complaining about um, the team in that game or worrying about this season, but apparently it's happening a lot um, and I'm not at all worried only because I saw the team that I know and love so far from preseason in that second game. I thought they looked really good. I thought the goal was classic St. Louis FC style play, Um, playing up the wings, perhaps burning someone on the side, sending in a low cross or a mediumly high cross, and uh, it going in with Greg being in the right position to deflect it in. Um, Good job by him and uh, great job by Austin Martz, who is going to be Someone to watch this year, probably a fan favorite for good reason. Um, He's a flashy player. He's fast. He works his butt off. It's exactly the kind of guy that St. Louis fans love, and I look forward to seeing him play throughout the season and hopefully being successful throughout the season with his athleticism and his skill on the ball um it was fun to watch I enjoyed the San Antonio game I know there were the lapses and if you're freaking out um I think you need to check yourself because it's not even uh, close to being uh, late enough to freak out you want to peak mid-season or perhaps even mid to late season you have a good run before the playoffs get into the playoffs and just blow everyone's mind that's my goal for this year this season so if we lose a couple away games or we draw an away game and lose an away game uh, again, an away game against a team its definitely top three as far as what everyone expects this year in San Antonio. Come on, people, take it easy. I think I just wanted to make that pretty, uh, pretty clear in this episode before I played all these interviews. That's all I have to say. I'm so excited to see my team at home um against a good team in Colorado Springs you're about to hear uh, Mark Turner talk about that and we talk about a few other things for fun um so i hope you enjoy that interview as well as the interviews following you won't hear from me you'll hear just music and then you'll hear me talking to Anthony Pollis in the second interview and Jeremy Allenball in the last interview it's a long one folks so you may want to split it up um, in different car rides to and from work or whatever else you're doing, perhaps on the way to the game or while you're waiting for the game to start or waiting to leave the house for the game to start. Um, I get antsy on these days, so I'm going to need something to take up my time on the way there. So, uh, if you're listening, I appreciate it. Um, and I hope, I hope you'll listen throughout the season to me here as well as all the things we do with the USL show, Uh, I try to rep St. Louis well there and I hope you'll call me out if I do anything wrong um, because I want to be a good representative so thanks for listening we'll be hearing from me at the end. Welcome back I'm joined by Mark Turner he is one of the co-hosts I guess of Back Chat Show in Colorado Uh, he writes for Last Word on Soccer and Back Chat is now a part of the Beautiful Game Network as well Uh, Mark Turner thank you sir for joining me it's good to talk to you again. Hey, yeah, Phil. It's always a pleasure catching up with you, my friend. Indeed. And I'm back in the West, so maybe we will we can talk for another year before I go back to the East or maybe the Central, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think the USL are going to create a whole other category. Right. Uh, just to
2: accommodate. You'd be like the, the North East, the <laughs> Southern part of the Northeast or something, just to accommodate you guys.
1: Exactly. Maybe like the Mississippi River teams or, there we you go. know. we'll add more and more categories every year to make sure we're not in the same conference two years in a row. It's just something, I I think it's something that this point that uh, USL just is is doomed for us. But uh, um, yeah, let's talk more about um, you guys coming to us, coming next to a river, the Merrimack river, um, which is rising and rising with uh, five, six, seven days of rain in a row, it seems like, but I think we're still safe. Um, I want to hear about your team and how things have been going this year. How have you felt about the year so far?
2: You know, I have—I've um, generally been feeling pretty good about the team. I think anyone who has followed the Switchbacks, even from a—you know—from afar—probably had a sense in those first couple of seasons that uh, we were one of the breakout teams. That we were punching above our weight. Defensively, we were very solid. Offensively, we put up great numbers. First year in particular, mm. and then got a little found out second year. Um, but still, I, I think we acquitted ourselves nicely. In the third year, the wheels came off. And in part, large part, that was because the coaches were very uh, transparent about wanting to move the team away from kind of blue-collar grind into something a little more technically adept, a little more flair. Um, they used the word entertaining, though I, I'm happy to say that yeah. <laughs> in the first season, we were perfectly well entertained. We were scoring a buttload of goals, and yeah. Fortress Sancrate truly was a fortress. So after the the third season and things going so horribly wrong, the coaches really needed to take stock of where we were as an organization and what they wanted the team to be in this fourth season. Last year was the first time we missed out on the playoffs, only narrowly, but still it was enough, I think, to be a wake-up call. Uh, And so the team they put together this season and the way that the team have begun the season I think is great cause for optimism.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that for a second, because I've kind of noticed that was definitely a trend in USL, because no one cared. If you were winning, no one cared what the soccer looked like. But all of a sudden, say, two years ago, I would say, actually, you guys were right on the forefront of that movement, trying to do uh, prettier soccer, perhaps, in your second or third year. Um, St. Louis tried it last year with, with Precky, uh, failed miserably as well. I'd say maybe this year Orange County is kind of pushing hard for that and actually looking good doing it so far. But do you feel like maybe that was a movement that is, um has moved in and perhaps might be on its way out, or do you think it's here to stay? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it was very much a movement. I think that's a great observation, Phil. And I
2: wonder... I've been been thinking about this a lot and I'm wondering whether or not it's the organizations being self-motivated to improve themselves and to uh, create this prettier soccer, this prettier, and I hate using this word, but it's a word commonly used in American sporting lexicon, product, uh, or whether or not uh, their efforts were being driven by the players and the players' desire to really be pushed and, and, and to be stretched and to be, to, uh, to find themselves in a position where they'd attract the attention of MLS teams mm. or teams in Europe. Because obviously these guys, you know, I haven't met a switchbacks player yet who's content just to sit on his hands mm. and say, you know what? This is good, man. 10 years of this, I'm set. Mm. They, they're all ambitious. Even those guys uh, in the latter part of their careers, they're still ambitious. They're still driven individuals. They may not have MLS in their future, but um, they're still very motivated. So I, I don't know where the the impetus came from for that particular movement but i think it's real mm. i think it was there and i think to a certain degree it's still there and i think uh, as the usl builds out and the relationship between the usl and the mls becomes even more formalized uh, i think we're going to continue to see those efforts
1: yeah i do too uh, but i do think perhaps there's a movement for practicality at least in st louis because i perhaps maybe just in st louis because we got Perhaps two extreme versions of that, you know, the the kick it long and run sort of thing was happening for a while in the first two years, and then we went straight to Preki on the other extreme. And uh, our new coach has been preaching the whole, you know, we want to we want to have pretty soccer, attacking soccer. We want to possess the ball, but we don't want to be ridiculous with possession for no reason, you know. So, um, well, the, ch- the challenge you have is that nobody is really
2: a fan of a reserve team. Yeah, that's right. True. We've seen that with the MLS two teams. Yeah, okay, a few fans will show up and they'll cheer the team on because they just follow the colors and they support the organization as a whole. But no one's really a fan of a reserve team. So we don't, a Switchbacks fans, look at the Switchbacks and say, man, we just want to be the best feeder team we can possibly be, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to whoever wants our players. We look at the Switchbacks with great pride and say, this is our team, right? Yeah. We're following these boys. We're cheering on this organization. This is what we care about. But in actuality, we're all feeder teams because we're all that next stepping stone to the MLS or to Europe or wherever these players are hoping to go play ultimately.
1: Well, Um, It's it's a
2: difficult balancing act.
1: I completely agree with you. And actually, I would say I was was going to ask you this, and I'm glad we led right into it. Um, National teams, because nowadays, USL's playing level has gotten good enough that we are having a hand in improving our country and perhaps other countries more so national teams. With a higher level of players, where they can leave, say Jamaica or Costa Rica, and have a little bit higher playing level, and then they take that back to uh, their countries and they beat the United States and Trinidad and, and Tobago. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, everyone knew where I was going with that. So, do do you think perhaps pretty soccer, and even comparing it to two teams, I love your your parallel there to say, you know, we can take this. We're all developing players for the next thing, even MLS, perhaps, like you said. So. You know, where does where does USL lie and where does pretty soccer lie in in that whole regard, do you think? Yeah, I mean I think I, I was the one who threw out the term
2: pretty soccer earlier in this interview <laughs> and, and that was probably and I probably shouldn't have done that, in as much as you know, I think there's a difference between um Trying to create an attractive product and trying to develop players who understand mm-hmm. the game on a different level. Right? I agree. So I think what the coaches are really trying to do is they're trying to develop the sophistication, the the understanding in their players, so that not only do they operate more effectively as individuals, but they understand uh, different formations, different tactical approaches to the game. Mm. Yes, their technical skills are going to be uh, more finely honed, but it's it's pre- present. It's preparing these players to be able to go operate in these other formations within these other organizations. And like you said, even on the international stage. Mm. And I think bringing in coaches like Precky and and, and others from elsewhere is helping with that development. So I think it's a good thing ultimately. I just think it's a case of striking a balance. And I think it's also a case of uh, switchbacks fans, for instance, not utterly losing their minds when we don't make a playoff, Mm -hmm. recognizing that you know there are other things going on here. This isn't just about... Um, a one-horse town. This isn't just about a single team. There's a much bigger picture here that involves, you know, the development of players. It, de- it involves, like you said, it, it, that they're, they're developing their understanding of the game and also what they might be able to do even on the international stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
1: just a difficult balance to strike when you're a passionate fan of a hometown team. Indeed, and, and as independent followers of independent teams, it is a you know an even more difficult thing because we expect wins, we expect a product more so than a yeah. two-side. You know, so. Um, I yep. like that, but let's reel this in. I'm, I'm getting a little off base here, but I do want to hear, <laughs> we're here to talk about Colorado a little bit. And, um, let's talk about the game so far with the team. Um, you guys beat Los Dos two to zero and then had a tough home loss against, uh, Portland Timbers too. Uh, tell me about first, let's start with the, uh, Los Dos game. Yeah. Well, unlike you guys. Uh, who I believe haven't had
2: a home game yet. We right. for the first right yeah we for the first time ever actually had a home opener. Hmm. I think the USL tends to avoid Colorado in March, which to be fair to them is actually a pretty smart sure. move. Yeah. Uh, but not only did we get a home opener for the first time in our history, we had our first two games uh, home games back to back, so that was nice. As you mentioned, we beat Alle Galaxy two two nil uh, with a wonder goal from AJ Igua. Uh, in the first half, and then a penalty from uh, Jordan Burt in the second half. Quite honestly, it was one-way traffic. It was men against boys. I, it's not often. I'm not. That's not me being me being kind of braggadocious. We mm. that's rarely the case when you play uh, Galaxy Two. They are a, a good team. Ordinarily, they have you know a plethora of talent to draw from. We didn't see the best of it. I don't think mm. uh, in that game. And the switchbacks made hay. They recognised that they had. Uh, they had the measure of that game, and they went to town on the galaxy. And quite frankly, it could have been a much heavier scoreline. As it was, it was a pretty comfortable victory. Uh, the second game against Portland Timbers too saw the return of Josh Phillips, who uh, joined the Switchbacks um, as a really pro back in 2015. Spent three seasons with the team and really was a stalwart of our uh, of our defence, um, kind of an ever present, uh, aside from the uh, the time he spent on the sidelines through that self-inflicted injury when he uh, scored a goal and decided to celebrate it ended up on the floor in a heap, having broken his collarbone. But
1: I do you remember that. that you
2: know, Josh was a, a really important part of our organization. So now he's captain at Timbers 2, returned to Fortress Sand Creek. Nice. And it was a really, really odd game. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to use the phrase men against boys again, but I will say, with the exception of the first 15 minutes where the Timbers came out hot... The switchbacks really, again, had the measure of, of their opposition and had the majority of the possession, which doesn't often happen with the switchbacks. We're mm. not a really a possession-based team. We're more of a counter-attacking team. Uh, and also had the best of the, the chances as well, the most shots on and off target. And just didn't make the most of them, in part because we were missing two of our, our starting attackers in Shane Malcolm and Said Robinson. And then, of course... As you know, you've been around football enough, Phil, that mm-hmm. you always get these games, right? Where you're bossing it, it's one way traffic, and you're sat there going, please don't go up the other end and score. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I know. And that's exactly what happened. You know, with uh, I think it's about six minutes to go, they had a counter attack, a snapshot from out of nowhere. Uh, Say so you did, the, did a really good job of blocking it, but the spin took it into the path of a timber striker, 1 0, and that was all she wrote. Mm. So a tough loss, but. Um, the guys can take a lot of heart from the performance. And uh, now, of course, they have two road games. So they're really going to need to uh, just get over that and move on to next two games.
1: Yeah, a couple questions arose while you were talking there. Tell me about Josh Phillips. I'm curious, what position does he play? Is he center, center back? Center D. Okay. Um, I was curious about that because Portland seems to have brought in some older guys this year rather than all young guys. And it sounds like Josh Phillips being the captain is, is there for a reason. And I think perhaps that... That model is working for them in two games. I think they have um, a draw and a loss, so that's not bad, or or a draw and a win rather, which is not bad for them. I think um, they have a loss and a win. They lost to
2: Seattle in the first game.
1: Oh no, didn't. you're right, you're right. But um, you know, my uh, podcasting partner on the USL show, Kevin McCamish, was actually really happy with how they played that game, which I think he was yeah, surprised. I,
2: at. I, I saw the same thing, heard the same thing, had a conversation with Josh. Josh actually was the. Um, was the focus of the last article I wrote for Last Word on Soccer. Mm -hmm. He's a really interesting individual, and he's a very ambitious young man. And I know it kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier. He is one of those guys who is anxious to learn and understand the game at a higher level. And Mm -hmm. I think he he has aspirations for MLS. And so being with the Timbers... Uh, obviously puts him very much under that microscope and so that's something he was excited about
1: Mm. Uh, you also mentioned Malcolm and Robinson being out in the last game can you tell me Mm. more about that like where they play I recognize their names so that means they're good players probably because I don't remember names very well they are and probably both will start
2: against St. Louis so um, look out for them so I typically actually they interchange there are wide forwards Mm. Um, I've not entirely sure if, if one or the other prefers left or right. They tend to move around some, but they're very similar players in that they're incredibly pacey. Hmm. Uh, two of the quickest players that the switchbacks have ever had. Um, and in fact, AJ Ajiqua, who typically plays through the middle is also very, very quick. So you have three, three players there who um, will run defenders ragged. Uh, sometimes the end product isn't all that it could be, um, but they're young players and every now and then they can, they can pull something magical out of nowhere. Malcolm was absent because he was away with Guam. He's, um, that makes although sense. Although I believe he was born in the U.S., he was eligible for Guam, I think, through his grandparents. So he had been recalled to the Guam national team, and he was about, uh, he was involved in the two friendlies they have, one of which, of course, was against LA Galaxy 2, <laughs> funnily enough. And then Saeed Robinson was actually suspended for a game. Uh, there was a bit of a skirmish in the Galaxy game Uh, involving a multitude of different players. We couldn't make out who did what, but evidently the USR have sharper eyes than us. And a judge that Robinson had, had maybe thrown a punch or been more heavily involved in the fracas than he needed to be, and ultimately he ended up having to sit out the last game.
1: Okay, so we'll probably have all both those guys back in St. Louis, and they'll start. Um, So that's something to look for. Uh, You mentioned athleticism in those two guys, and um, you mentioned being a counteracting kind of a team, or Mm -hmm. counterattacking kind of team. Is that the kind of team we should uh, look to see in St. Louis? Yeah, very much so. When we're in Colorado Springs, we tend to go at teams hard from
2: first whistle. Try, we're really trying to work the altitude, right? We're trying to have you chase us. We're trying to press you. We're really trying to get you get it where your tanks are empty by about 70, 75 minutes. So we can just turn the screw and finish the game off. When we're on the road, our strategy is a little different, or at least it has been in the past. St. Louis is our first road game this year, so it'll be interesting to see what approach the coaches take. But if they're consistent with the way they've approached games, road games previously, we're going to sit a little deep. Uh, we're going to try and absorb pressure and then we will try and attack on the counter. We struggled to do that last year because we didn't really have the pace. We had Kevorn Freighter, who's a phenomenal player. Now he's with Phoenix Rising, doing really well. Probably a kid with the MLS in his future, maybe even, maybe even bigger, better than that. But outside of that, we didn't really have that kind of pace. And when we countered, we didn't really counter with any kind of ruthlessness. I think we have the ability to do that now with AJ, Saeed, and um, Shane. So yeah, I think you'll, that that's unless the coaches decide to do something wildly different. I think that's the switchbacks approach you're going to see this uh, weekend.
1: Cool. Well, let's finish up with one more big question. And that is, um, you know, I read two of your articles recently to prep for this interview, one of them being the one you mentioned about Josh Phillips. The other one mentioned um, a lot about what the team has looked like so far, uh, comparing last year to this year. And your coach, is it Tritsha? Is that how you pronounce that? Trit Trichu, thank you. Um, he had, I'm paraphrasing uh, whatever I wrote down off your article, that um, he liked guys like Marty Maven, Said Robinson, Taylor Hunter. These are guys that have the right kind of attitude compared to some other people he did not mention. Uh, I paraphrased phrased him saying that they had the wrong attitude, work ethic, and mentality last year. Um, you guys had a bit of a rough season last year compared to the previous two. Do you think you guys will return to a little more blue-collar? A little bit pretty or a combination? What do you think this year is going to look like?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it is the question. And it kind of ties a bow around everything yeah. we've been talking about in that, yeah, last season we, we struggled <clears throat> in our approach. We also struggled with personality. Um, I actually did a, a, a wrote a Dari on last season. And, oh, yeah. Um, Tell us. Yeah, yeah. Mention that for sure because it's a good cause. <laughs> I. <laughs> I always feel kind of nervous, like, it really sounds like I'm I'm pushing stuff here. I know. I know no, you and I talked about this yeah. previously. So yeah, I wrote a diary last season, a fan diary, actually kind of inspired by by Matt Bird. Um,
1: I thought maybe and, 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 so,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read his book and really, really enjoyed it and thought, you know, I could do something like that. And I think, but, you know, when you start writing a diary of a switchback season or any team season, it's a crapshoot, right? Because only when you get to the end of the season, do you know whether whether or not what happened was even worth <laughs> thinking about. I was—I I suppose I was very lucky. In the last year, was such a calamitous mess. <laughs> it made for a great book. Yeah, right. Um, at least it made for great subject matter. Uh, <laughs> readers can say whether or not it made for a great book. But nevertheless, i, I wrote a—a fan story last year. It's called Seasonal Disorder. It's available on Amazon. Uh, all proceeds from the sale of the book go to uh, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Um, so I certainly would appreciate anyone checking that out, even if you're just a fan of the beautiful game. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's stuff in there for for anyone. Um, and there, there was some really, really interesting stuff that went down last year. There, the, the team was really heavily fractured. Um, uh, camps began developing among the roster, and it was really unhelpful to, to the development of the team. So you had all of that going on with the personalities in the midst of the coaches trying to change us from this blue-collar hmm. Grit and grinds type of an organization to something more flair based, and and again, you know, they use the word entertaining, um, and the whole thing just it, it just didn't work, it didn't gel. So I know the coaches were very uh, very thoughtful in their recruitment process this off and have brought together what it appears to be uh, a, a group of guys that are very like minded, incredibly hard working, very honest. Uh, and there seems to have been a really good team camaraderie that's developed very, very quickly. And that was kind of the basis to my first article for for Last Word on soccer this season, was the fact that we didn't know who the switchbacks were last year. We lost the switchbacks. The the team that was put out last year, and the product, again, hate the word, but the product that we, we were presented with was almost unrecognizable from the first two seasons. Just based on the first two games of this season, it looks like we have our switchbacks back. So... Uh, We'll see. We'll see how they do against you guys and against Swope. It's certainly, that's that's a couple of tough road games, but um, it'll be the measure of the team.
1: Well, if anyone is listening from Colorado, um, something that may be in your favor is that we had some tough uh, breaks. You know, we I think the last game against San Antonio, um, a similar situation to what happened to you guys against Portland happened, except it was with two goals, so that's unexcusable, but, you know, we got pretty far, one goal ahead for part of the game, and they counterattacked a couple of times, um, got some goals with some bad defending, perhaps some bad uh, goalkeeping. So um, your strategy may play well against St. Louis. We'll see how they develop through the year. It's mostly a new roster. So that's another thing against us that I think you guys returned a decent amount of players, right?
2: Um, Not as many as in previous years. Mm. I think the coaches were very, uh, again, very thoughtful about who they invited back. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the rookies from last year, they just decided, you know, for whatever reason, we haven't got time. We need to bring in guys who are a little more seasoned and maybe don't need, you know, don't need us to kind of take them through the ABCs of soccer. Um, they also decided to um, to jettison even some of the more seasoned guys from last season who they perhaps felt were at the center of, you know, some of the uh, the fissures that we saw last year. Um yeah, their approach to recruitment have been it has been very, very strategic. So I think we have a good blend. I really do. Um, let me ask you a quick question. This will mm-hmm. be your first home game. How big do you think that's going to be for you? Are you really excited to welcome the team home and you think having home advantage is going to make a big difference? Because I know you're still looking for your first win of the season, right?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be big. I think as far as attendance, I think St. Louis is somehow, no matter how they play in the field, they seem to have the same crowds, you know, beginning of the season will be big, it'll wane a bit, and then it'll pick up at the end, no matter how the team is for some reason. <laughs> so I don't know if attendance will have much of a play in it, but what I do think will have a play is the the players have always wanted to perform for our crowd because St. Louis crowds are good. We rarely dip below 5,000, um, and when we do, it's still in upper 4,000s and the st luligans are rowdy you know you mentioned andrew or uh, you mentioned matthew bird uh, earlier and um you know the luligans do such a good time a uh, job of having a rowdy crowd and also kind of calling the team on on their bs if they start losing they're not blunt or they are blunt about it they're not shy about mentioning it so um last year was tough you could see it on their faces every time they lost at home they had to come say hello to the Luligans and apologize, and, and they hated it. <laughs> you can see it on their faces. They hated coming over after a loss, which was a lot last year. So um, I do think the players will have a lot to prove and a, lot, a bit of a burden on their shoulders to kind of prove that they're not going to be that losing team and, and make everybody happy in St. Louis. And I think that's what maybe you can look for. But I do think um, another thing in, in your favor is if you want to play St. Louis, I think the beginning of the year is the best bet because it's been a little rough. Every game's gotten better, um, and this one could be the right one to kind of write right the team, but I'm not certain they're going to be 100% yet, nor should any team be at this point. So uh, we'll just see how the season goes. I know we're going to have a rematch later in the year. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, um, maybe
2: my ending up in Colorado wasn't a coincidence, because I think the— uh the mentality of the Colorado Springs fans is a very is kind of akin to what you consider the stereotype of English people to be, which is very polite, you know, um, <laughs> very appropriate at all times. Win, lose, or draw. When our players come over to the sidelines at the end of the game to thank the fans and to sign things. Everybody is so cordial. Oh, That's good. Like, oh, good job, man. You didn't deserve to lose that. Oh, way to go. <laughs> and
0: I'm kind of stood there going.
2: <laughs> and it's funny because I developed this relationship with the players now where, you know, they'll go over to the sidelines. They'll shake hands. They'll hold babies. They'll sign things. and And sure. they'll kind of turn around and wander over to me. And they'll kind of, you know. They'll raise their eyes to the heavens, and I'll go, "Oh man, that was yeah, yeah, really kind of was."
1: <laughs> you know what? I it's think I think that's funny. yeah. What you just said about what they do for you is what at least a hundred to two hundred people they have to deal with doing exactly that because you know they'll still be cordial. I mean, you're right. It, it is awesome. You know, it's a USL thing for the players to come over and chat with most of the supporter group. It's amazing. Um, but most will be so cordial, you know, on a, on a game that perhaps they played better and they lost. Yes, they'll be great and really supportive, but those days where they know they lost and they lost in the, like the last five, 10 minutes, which happened a ton last year. Uh, no one's saying much. <laughs> Everyone's having looks and <laughs> saying, good game. Thanks for playing. But you know, may or may not have thought you did a great job. So Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe that's
2: why Matt Bird enjoys it so much, because although that stereotype of an English person I just described is maybe the man in the street, it's not the man in the stadium back home. (laughs) The man in the stadium back home sounds more akin to what you have going on in St. Louis there, so maybe that's why Matt feels so at home.
1: Maybe, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I've always wondered, what part of England are you from, actually?
2: Oh, I'm from the uh, soccer hotbed that is Oxford.
1: Okay. (laughs) Oxford United.
2: It's not my team. I I have a soft spot for Oxford, but they're not my team.
1: Sure. Uh, so what is? You've mentioned it on your um, show, and I forgot what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. This will this will split your audience. This will uh, those people that know the game will know the team, and 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 anyone who's a Premier League follower will be completely blanking over right now. My team is Nottingham Forest.
1: All right. At least we got Lehigh. We can help you root for. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, um,
1: I've been curious yeah, why he team. hasn't been playing. Is he out of favor? I think after that red card a while back. It's not so much he was out of favor.
2: So he was out of favor at the start of the season. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, we, changed, we changed coaches twice this season. That's the Forest way anymore. Uh, um, so he was out of favor at the start of the season, even though he was the player of the year for Forrest last year. I know.
1: That's why I'm confused.
2: Yeah. That's why I wanted to ask you to be honest. thought it was yeah, weird. Yeah, that kid's all heart and the fans love that back home. He just runs himself into the ground. <laughs> so he didn't start the season, found his way back into the team. Oh, you know what? I'm so glad you asked about Lehigh, because anyone who's interested, go, uh, go on YouTube Type in Nottingham Forest, Lehigh goal. Um, there'll be a, maybe a few different entries, but find the one from this season. So, you know, narrow the search so it catches the last six months or whatever. After Lehigh broke his way back into the team, he's, as you guys know, he's a fullback, not known really for scoring. Yeah. He actually scored for Forest. And this was, I think, I think it was his first or second game back in the team and went mental. Yeah. He ran all <laughs> the way around the entire wing and like cheering with all the fans. It was brilliant. <laughs> Folks need to check it out. Um, we actually have a kind of a history. We used to have John Harkes at Forest, and oh. we used to have Benny Olsen. Interesting. I did not know that yeah. at all. That's yep. really cool. Absolutely. So anyway, Lehigh got back in. Then as you mentioned, he got his red card. Now he's out. And he's not so much out of favor now. Uh, we have Itor Karanka, the former Middlesbrough manager, former Real Madrid player. Uh, champions league winner is now our manager uh he came in did a big shake up brought a bunch of new players and was doing that in the midst of lehigh being on the sidelines because mm. of the suspension and now the team's actually starting to hum pretty nicely so okay. lehigh is unfortunately on the periphery of things but we know that you know if someone else gets injured and he steps in he's not going to let the team down he's going to slot straight back in and uh give his best again
1: very nice well, Mark, um, thank you for talking to me today. Um, do, you have sure. any, do we want to end on a prediction? I'm not usually a prediction kind of guy, but it kind of occurred to me. Do you think uh, think your boys are going to walk away with a win or a draw? I I think from this two-game road trip, we're going to get a draw and a win. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know what? I love that. I love that. I don't have a prediction. Who's your next game after St. Louis? Uh, Swope. Okay, perfect. I love how USL does that. It's really smart. Yeah, yeah. So
2: our our listeners determine where we think we're going to get the win and where we think we're going to get the draw.
1: Um, let's just say I'm feeling
2: I'm feeling a little more bullish about this weekend. That's all I'm prepared to say.
1: I was gonna say Swope is off to a damn good start. So, yeah, they are. Yeah, just uh, maybe knock out Belmar at the end, beginning of the game, one way or another, and you might be okay
2: yeah yeah that would that would well, Josh Phillips would usually have done that, so we'll see we have Taylor <laughs> Hunter on our back line now, and Taylor Hunter is a pro, so um, perfect we'll see we'll see
1: where they go. some good profiles that might have some injuries. um all right, Mark, tell us where all we can find your stuff, and we'll we'll sign out here.
2: yeah, sure, I mean you can you guys can google us or search us on any of the social media platforms. Backchat has a presence on Facebook, Backchat show on Twitter. again, I think we're at Backchat show. Uh, We're on Instagram, though we don't use it very often. Um, And as you kindly mentioned earlier, Phil, uh, I do some writing for Last Word on Soccer, which is lastwordonsoccer.com. If you click at the top of the page, you'll see USL, and all my Switchbacks articles are right there on the page. And then again, if anyone would be interested in checking out my my Matt Bird-esque type book (laughs) effort covering the Switchbacks last season, really, really interesting season, then that book can be found on Amazon, uh, Just been switchbacks and seasonal disorder and uh, i do appreciate anyone who checks that out
1: all right thanks again mark uh we're going to take a break here and we'll be right back with an interview with our coach anthony poolis All right, I'm meeting with Coach Anthony Foulis here in uh, in Melbourne, Florida. We're in the lobby here talking, and uh, thank you, sir, for joining us. Yeah, me no today. problem at all. I've been excited to talk to you for a while now. I'm hearing uh, a lot of good things uh, about you from everyone, honestly, so that's very good. Can you tell me uh, what it's been like working with the front office so far, and then, and then we'll talk about preseason so far? Yeah,
0: no, it's been great. I mean, um, ever since I joined the club, everybody, everybody's everybody been very friendly, very welcoming, and very helpful um yeah can't say enough good things about jeremy patrick jim tom everybody involved with the front office at the club it's been uh, it's been really really good it's been fun watching you
1: build this team i mm. would say st louis fans have had a, a pretty good show so far about uh, all the players you guys have been signing can you tell yeah. me about your aim in in signing all those players what kind of team you were trying to build
0: yeah well i mean i know i've, I've said this a lot um but it was for me a a big part of what we want to build is, is a culture um, and to, to do that for me you need good people that have got good value so of course as coaches we all want good talented players but a big piece was um, was doing a lot of background research into to the players' character, personality, values, what's their attitude like um, and I think we've done a good job of that, I think within what well, we're now 10 days into camp and it's been amazing watching how, how well the guys have gelled as a group for, to have so many new players and for them to kind of get on as well as what they have done off the field and to buy into the culture that we want to put in place has, has been really, really good to see.
1: How do you do that? Do you just interview them? Do you talk about yeah. their coaches probably? You talk yeah, them so
0: I'll, when, when we look at players, I'll I'll usually try and call at least two or three people that know them, whether it be a, a coach that's worked with them, a um, player that, they played, that they've played that they played with. Um, but generally I'll try and make two or three phone calls. And then if I get good feedback, um, then I'll, I'll speak to them myself two or three times over the phone and just try and get a feel for them I don't interview them and ask them a list of questions but yeah. just things that, that I know that are important to me that I want to find out a little bit about them and, and obviously then the, the football side of it because we're not just going to we don't just want just good people that are not good soccer players you need both so we do a lot of research into them as soccer players and watching a lot of film on them and, and it's it's a, it's not an easy process it's very very time consuming but for me a big piece of um, of being successful is, is getting recruitment spot on and um, so Time will tell, but we're, we're pleased with the ones that we've got so far.
1: Yeah, and actually, I've heard a lot of, prof- or not, sorry, a lot of different teams who are successful is the word I was looking for. Mm. Seem to have a good eye for scouting, and so it sounds. You know, when you came in for the interview, that Jeremy and Pat were really impressed with how much you knew about our players already from mm. last year and, and how the team was set up and how you wanted to change it and what yeah. you would do. So um, is scouting something that it sounds like you put a lot of time into that?
0: You have to. Yeah. You have to. I mean, at our level, we've not got um, uh, an array of um, scouts that work for us. I know at the top clubs, there, there's a whole kind of recruitment department where there's scouts all over the place. At this level, you, we don't have that. So you have to get your hands dirty and, and watch a lot of games. It's, it's time-consuming. Um but for me, the, uh, as much as, as I'll speak to people that I trust and ask their opinion, for me it's about trusting my own judgment. Um, and, I, and I have to go with that. And sometimes I, I may be wrong and I'll hold my hands off. Get, you're not going to get every single one right, but mm-hmm. I know what I want in a player. Um, and, and when I see it, then I know we, we have to try and go for it. And, and thankfully, Jeremy, Patrick, Jim and Tom, they've, they've backed me so far. And the majority of the ones that we wanted, we've got, which has been fantastic.
1: Uh, they're good about backing their coaches, which yeah. is a really nice thing. Um, and, and tell me, I mean, you are going to be picking these guys out firsthand, and mm. so you won't be under a, a two squad. We've talked a little bit about that, but you're about to get proven, you know, to see how good you are. Yeah,
0: actually. no, of course. Yeah. No, and that, that's what I want. I've, I've had the two years experience now with OCB where I've been mm. in charge of a second team um, and and learned an awful lot, and, and I think I've grown as a coach and as a leader, and now – like I said before, I'm, I think I'm I'm ready for this step, and I'm really really excited to see see what we can do with a group of players.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't want to belay this, but I mean, your father is a successful coach mm. in, in England, and uh, you decided to come to the United States. Can you yeah. tell me a little bit about why you decided to come over?
0: Yeah, well, I think I was obviously playing at the time, and, and I wanted a different challenge um, from a playing standpoint. And it was an it was I'm, I was at a stage in my career in England where. Um, the opportunity came up to come to to the States a year before I actually came and and I turned it down and stayed in England for another year and the opportunity arose again and and I wanted to to try it because I knew that that soccer was growing um, and I obviously knew two or three of the people involved at Orlando and within probably a month of me being there I knew it was was a good decision. Somewhere I knew I wanted to stay and so yeah, I mean I've I've fallen in love with the country if you like. People have been great um, to children were born here and it's yeah, it's, it's somewhere I call home now and, and for, for where the game of soccer has grown in the six years I've been, it's been been really, really amazing um, and I think it's only going to get bigger and better and I'm very blessed and thankful to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's going to keep growing. So mm. you mentioned the growth right there a couple of times in that response and when you came over, was it this to play or were you already thinking I want to coach in this
0: growing league no I've known from a young age I wanted to coach and that was something that was involved in the decision to come to Orlando it was because I knew they had a um, a big youth academy system youth club system there that I knew that whilst playing I could combine the coaching so um, obviously I played but then I would be out coaching in the youth club in the academy two or three nights a week um, just to gain experience because I knew it was it was something I was going to going to go into at some stage and you mentioned it, time, timing's everything and I was, mm. I was fortunate that kind of when my playing career came to an end, the club were transitioning into MLS um, so I transitioned onto the coaching staff for a year and then, then bringing the USL team back with it being a B team, um, the timing was perfect for, for it to be my first head coaching job and um, it, was a, it was a fantastic experience, and um, like I say, I've learned a lot from it, and I'm ready for the next challenge.
1: Moving to the United States, mm-hmm. uh, just a couple uh, fun questions, perhaps. Um, you've been here for several years now, so what do you do in your free time?
0: Spend time with the kids. Yeah. Yeah, I got two young with children.
1: What time you have. Right?
0: Yeah, exactly. That, that's the one thing about the transition from player to coach. When you're a player, you get a lot of free time. Finish training, you can be home by one o'clock. So, I, I like golf. So when I was playing here, I'd, I'd spend a lot of time on the golf course before the kids were born. Um, spend time with the wife, and then the kids were born, and it completely changes that. It was funny because like I had the, the, at the same time as me finishing coaching was kind of us having the kids as well. So it's 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 difficult to find time away from this game, and that's something that I'm constantly battling with—is trying to find a, a good balance between work and family life. And it, it's not easy because this job, it kind of t- it takes over. It's twenty-four-seven, and but but I have. I have sort of made a conscious effort to make sure that when I am with the wife and the children, I try and switch off as much as I can because that, that's that's obviously important. Um, so yeah, really, as as um, as boring as it sounds, my life is soccer and family.
1: No, I can relate. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, work and family. Is I yeah. think, true for a lot of American dads out yeah. there? Yeah. Um, so um, I'm kind of curious. Do you have you have a British wife?
0: I do. So yeah. what's
1: it like raising these kids? Are going to be pretty American by the yeah, time? Yeah, they are. They're <laughs> very American. Teenage years. Yeah,
0: so. it's, they'll, they'll both be. Uh, they'll be five and three in April. Their birthdays are like five days apart. So my daughter will be five, and she talks with a full-on American accent. <laughs> Son's kind of obviously speaking more now, and he's got a little American twang. I was and curious about they're that. They're very too. they're very Americanized. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, my wife and I are British with British accents, and it's. It's amazing because when when we were, when we were having the kids, people were saying, "Oh, be really interested to see what accents they've got." And some people said, "Yeah, they'll probably have a British accent when they're at home with you, but then when they're around uh-huh. school with other kids, they'll be in America, but they're American accents <laughs> all the time, which is uh, which is crazy." And that, but they don't know any different.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, of course that makes so, sense. And they've
0: got uh, British passport, U.S. passport, sort of dual citizenship, and is uh, is great for them.
1: That doesn't hurt at all either. No, so, uh, exactly. Um, how about you've been here for a few years, like I said? Any yeah. um, any American habits you've picked up since you've been here, or pastimes that are fun at least?
0: Um, I don't know. Probably some words that <laughs> if I said to friends and family in England, they'd probably frown at me a little bit. Like like trash can, <laughs> garbage uh, can. Got, yeah, uh, filling the car up with gas when it, in England it's petrol. All right. Yeah. So the far the I'm trunk. Super the two. trunk of a car is the boot in England. Yeah. So few words and phrases here and there (laughs) try and stick to my british roots as much as i can yeah i imagine yeah so how often do you go back uh we try and get back winter time so around about christmas usually um obviously that's when our off season is so that's really the only chance we get to go back and then family usually come out here once or twice a year as well to visit so which i imagine yeah no definitely (laughs) yeah for sure
1: and so um i guess that's a good time do you your in laws and your parents live in similar
0: areas? No. My my wife's from Stoke mm-hmm. and, and my family live in Bournemouth, so it's like three and a half, four hours away. So it's uh it's good to go back and see everybody, but it's stressful because the travelling involved in trying to keep everybody happy and okay. um so whenever we go and come back people are always Oh, did you enjoy your vacation? I'm like well, it wasn't really a vacation. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was Seeing family, which was good, but it's almost like you need another vacation after it to recover from all the travel. Um, but no it's it's great. We, we obviously um, miss our family and uh, and we enjoy the time when we go back.
1: Cool. Well let's just wrap up with a little business here. What's yeah. it been like in pre-season the few training sessions you've had so far? What's yeah. the team
0: look like? Great. Now the boys have worked really well. Um if you're gonna be able to hear this now, yeah, this music going we'll on. Be okay,
1: um
0: yeah, no, they've worked really hard. They've been doing double sessions every day. Um tough conditioning work in the morning um, we train at 8.30 in the morning so they do the conditioning work the toughest session really of the day then they come back um, we've done a lot of video sessions um, for them to kind of see tactically how we want to attack how we want to defend transition set pieces and then in the afternoon has been tactical work so we've had a good blend of the conditioning and the tactical work and um, I think there's a few of them that are tired and fatigued but as we've said to them this, this, this part of the season is going to be vital for us for them to to one get an understanding of how we want to play to get to a good fitness level and conditioning level that we know is going to be a good base for them to, to keep them going throughout the season and three for them to gel as a group on and off the field to start putting that culture in place and start growing um, a good team spirit and camaraderie so yeah for, for where we are we're, we're pleased still an awful long way to go and um, but, no, we're looking forward to actually playing a proper game tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. The last question, basically, is I've heard some guys are saying you're, you're very specific in how you want to set up. Mm. Obviously, you know the team. Yeah. Um, we know that based on what we've heard about you. And so any clues about how the team is going to set up, even just tonight?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, we, we are going to work on a few different formations. Um, I don't really want to give too much away, but sure. I, I'm a big believer in being adaptable and um having two or three um, strings to our bow if you like I don't want to be a team that just plays one formation and we never change I think it's important that we've that we can um, we can vary things a little bit Um, the fundamentals and the way that we'll play the principles will always kind of remain the same um, irrespective of of what system of play or formation we put in place so um, yeah we've uh, we've done some good work while we're here but we've still kind of got four and a half weeks left before we play RGV Cool thank you very
1: much appreciate it no worries All right. Uh, one thing I wanted to say before we listen to my interview with Jeremy Allenball back in the day in preseason <laughs> down in Florida. Um, I, that, interview got cut a little short because you could hear music kind of kick in somewhere and it doesn't sound very loud in that recording, but it is very loud uh, in real life. And he was kind of starting to shout and strain his voice. And I could tell he was very disturbed by it. And so I wanted to make sure we cut that interview uh, short. I I still think it was a pretty good interview, but um, not my best work. And I think, you know, hopefully we'll get some more quotes from him throughout the year and get a good talk at the end of the year. I'm not terribly worried about that because I do have a feeling he's coming back next year. Um, not only because I think he's in it for the long haul and wants to prove himself, but also because I do think he'll be a little more um, a little more successful. I just have a feeling. so um, just wanted to say that before we moved on to the next one. Um, and then I'll talk right at the end there, but first, Jeremy Allenball. I am in a conference room here at the hotel. Uh, for preseason Jeremy how has uh, preseason been so far in the, the week that you've been able to see the team together a little more
3: uh, it's been good you know I think um, when you have so many new guys you know, and the question is always you know how they're going to get along how they're going to be uh, interacting with each other and, and such and you know especially being down here at the end of the trip it'll be 12 days and mm-hmm. you know knock on wood so far um, guys are getting along and uh energetic and upbeat and you know a lot of energy so hopefully that'll carry over to over to the uh, field tonight and Mm -hmm. see what see what we look like a little bit
1: yeah we'll get our first glimpse about it but uh do you guys schedule any kind of events while they're down here do they hang out or does it just naturally happen
3: uh both i think uh the staff has done a good job of putting together a few you know outings or events for the guys to do they had a you know, a full day off last weekend and, you know, some guys went to the beach, some guys, you know, went shopping, some guys slept, <laughs> um, you know, everybody's a little bit different that way. But, you know, when you eat, you know, three, four meals a day together, just naturally things like that are going to happen. And then, uh, you know, they're driving over to Eastern Florida State College. Um you know, in vans every day. So they're just all, you're with each other a lot. So a lot of it just happens organically, but the coaching staff has done some good meetings just to continue to, uh, let guys get to know each other and get comfortable with each other as well.
1: So you've had a lot of time with, with, uh, Anthony Poulos now. And, uh, is he exactly as advertised kind of what you expected? What's it been like in the off season?
3: Yeah, no, I would say so. I think, um, you know, he, he, uh, how he came across in the interview is no different than how he comes across in a training session. You know, he's very buttoned up, uh, you know, very professional. everything's laid out, planned out. Um, there's a, a rhyme and a reason uh, to everything that we're doing. When they've had to kind of, you know slow down or go back a step just to let guys rest or recover or you know maybe put a little, little bit of added time working on into something else, um, revisit something, they, he's willing to do that as well, so he's flexible. Um, but, um, you know, I think the guys enjoy the meetings, uh, the video sessions, everything is, is really prepared and, uh, has a purpose. There's no meet, there's none of the meetings to just meet it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a reason for it. And I think, you know, uh, guys value their time and I think that's an important, uh, important piece of it. So yeah, as advertised for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it seems like everything he, uh, Anthony does seems to be very deliberate and very, uh, you know, he's, he's not doing something just for the sake of doing something. Uh, what's it been like building a team with Anthony? I imagine it's it's a partnership, right?
3: Yeah, it's been it's been good in that sense that, um, you know, I think uh, we, we both, you know, have ideas and, you know, how teams have been successful in this league and, you know, what it takes with some, you know, with some areas they have to be good at. So we've gone out and we've tried to, you know, uh, you know, assess some of those things and then bring some of those guys in. And what do we have in place? And looking at, you know, uh, do you have this role within a team off the field? Do you have this role with a team on the field? I think we've been able to address uh, a lot of those things uh, together and, and with the entire staff. Uh, so that part's been good. You know, there's been some times where um you know I've had to kind of just say okay slow down you know we're, we're gonna be okay there's you know something's gonna shake loose there's you know have we thought about this have we done that and that's where you know that's that's my role that's my job right so um he's gonna you know he'd like to have you know the 2019 team already chosen and put together if he could <laughs> as any coach does you know they don't like things kind of laying out there but I've had to you know kind of say look we we need to see how some of these, you know, pieces kind of fit, and you know what other players p- could become available here over the next, you know, seven days, and do they s- fit into what we're trying to do? And um, you know, so I think it's been a good, a good mix, and uh, you know, we've we've worked face to face, and we've also worked over the phone because you know when he was in Orlando doing the course, and you know, obviously his family's still there, so um, you know during the off season there was uh, a lot of time together and a lot of time apart, which I think is good because you have to learn how to communicate differently you know, diff, uh, communicating over the yeah. phone versus text message versus face-to-face. Um, so I think that that's been a, a big positive and it's been really good to see his interaction, uh, bringing the technical staff together and and uh, working with them.
1: Yeah, and this is a different uh, kind of a year because it seems like it's almost a buyer's market and there's a lot of NESL players out there. Um, you know, you guys haven't gone crazy with it like some other teams have necessarily, but there's still a lot of players out there that, that could use some jobs, some, um, a lot of St. Louis, ex-St. Louis guys still looking for jobs. So um, has it been pretty good in that way for you guys to have that much to deal with, or has it been negative? <clears throat>
3: um, I don't know that it's negative. I think that it was a weird offseason. You know, I think a lot of teams shored up things early. You know, Nashville, Cincinnati, yeah. ourselves to a certain extent. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then now, I mean, we just got a list You know, yesterday of some players that are available. And, you know, look, some MLS teams are starting to wave some guys mm-hmm. uh, heading into their second phase of preseason with their seasons right around the corner. Um, So it's getting interesting. And I think it's, um, you know, I think we've done a good job of uh, of being patient, but at the same time, lining up guys that we really wanted to be here. So, it's every off season is different. Um, last off season, I was a little bit similar to this, but not as many guys kind of still sitting out there. I mean, you could put together a really good team, uh, based on free agents, you know, right now, um, that are out there. So, you know, every off season is unique. And I think that's just because the game and the league continues to grow and develop and change. And obviously there's a lot of other, you know, external factors going on with some things as well. um, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if the offseason is going to settle down here for, for a couple of years until, you know, Division two is really, you know, and then now coming with Division three leagues is really sorted out. So it's going to take some time. So just trying to, you know, uh, be patient and, you know, at the same time, not waiting too long to get, you know, what you need and what you want. Um, I don't know how much you can tell me. I'm kind
1: of curious. Do you foresee... Maybe two, a couple players, a few players, more than that before the season starts that you'd like to sign? I know you always want to leave some open for injuries and such as the year goes on.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to put a number on it. We've got, um, you know, what, 20, 23 guys down here with us right now uh, in preseason. Uh, You know, three trialists on the field player side. So um, those are positions that we need to fill, whether they get filled with them uh, or somebody else that we bring in back to St. Louis to take a look at when we, when we return, um, or if we sign somebody as a free agent that becomes available, um, you know. But we're we're pretty close. I, I you know, there's not going to be, you know, more than one or two moves, you know, left, and then some loan possibilities and some different things that way. So, um, you know, it's 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 getting down to it. But you always want to, you know, you always have to kind of think ahead with injuries, and obviously we'll lose the academy guys but we have another group of Academy guys that we're going to start to bring in the train with us here over the next month or so to let them start getting their feet uh, wet. I don't think they're going to be able to step in and have an impact that a Jack or Seth or Mm -hmm. Aiden are going to have, but they can step in and and do a good job within some of those roles and responsibilities that are needed uh, within the roster.
1: I might've missed that. I I just talked to Jack and Aiden and uh, is Jack headed off to college this year too? Yeah, he's heading off to Indiana in the fall. I knew he was going to Indiana. I I forgot it was so soon actually, but Um, that makes sense so that'll be good to get some fresh guys in Um, it looks like uh, Seth perhaps is going to be
3: right now at least he's he's the bench goalkeeper and that's a big deal for a young kid yeah and he's you know he's done well he's a kid that uh, got a little bit of training time with us last year Um, you know had a really good fall season with the academy uh, and then has continued to grow and progress you can see the maturity happen He's different now than he was a year ago, hmm. um, and you know, so it's a good opportunity for him to come in and and train and 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 see where things can go, and you know, uh, should be a should be a, a big boost for him, you know, heading into his fall college season. I mean, he's a big boy for seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got some size to him, and um, you know, he grabbed a, a cross out of the air today in, in training. That was you know pretty high up there, and he went up no problem, and, right. and grabbed it. And you know, he's got some good range to him. Good. It's, it's it's exciting. Um, can you tell
1: me just some thoughts about perhaps what you learned last year and even the years before? Some things
3: that you may have improved on or changed for this season. Yeah, I think our, our roster is built a little bit more um, I mean, with a team focus, um, where the team complements each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so our our left back is different. You know, if you look at the two left backs in our roster, they're different than the two right backs. Um, if you look at the center backs, you know between. Uh, Mr. Reynolds, Mr. Kavita, Jack Mayer, and Sam Fink, they all complement each other as well. They're not the same. Mm. And I think, you know, last year's roster, um, you know, that falls on both Precky and myself, was very similar in every position. You know, both center mids were the same. They had the same level of passing range, same level of mobility, um, you know, so forth and so on. So uh, the team was was very similar, and it was very a team that was easy to prepare to play against. And, you know, and then you don't finish chances, and you give up soft chances, and uh, it leads to the, to the end of the season we had. So I think you learn from there that you have to build a team where everybody compliments each other. Um, I think you know, I said it a few months ago in an interview, and I'll say it again, you have to trust your instinct. Uh, you learn to trust your gut and to go you know, with some things um, that you know are going to work, and um, you, know, you stay true to those. And then I think uh, the last piece is, Um, you know, our roster is much smaller. I think, you know, going from five subs to three subs is a big change. in the mentality of a locker room, when you travel with 18 guys and 16 of those 18 can play, um, you know, usually the second goalkeeper knows he's not going to get in or whatever. And then one other guy's disappointed. So there's one disappointed guy. Uh, now you travel and you can only use three subs, a lot more disappointment on that plane, on that bus. Um, not pouting or things like that, but just guys that are upset that they didn't, you know, get in or they weren't chosen or they've fallen out of favor or what have you. So I think, um, you know, having a smaller roster and and having everybody really be counted on is is something else that uh, that I've learned as well. Um, I've always been a big roster guy, comfortable with personally myself managing a big roster. Um, But I think you have to look at um, the makeup of that roster and the makeup of the coaching staff and what are they comfortable working with. And I think Anthony and his guys are really comfortable with where we are, you know, in that 22, 23 player range.
1: Yeah. I think even I was starting to look at, you know, first string, second string, just guessing, you know, and, and. I was there's not
3: a lot of guessing when there's only 20 field players. Well, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's so, either first or second string, but right, that's okay.
1: That's why I asked you a couple questions last week. I was like, well, what are we going to do if he gets injured or if he gets injured? Because that's the worry, right? Like mm-hmm. Louisville, uh, Louisville City had a, a great year last year with, what, 22 guys most of the time rostered. And, and they had a few injuries when they came down to us. And uh, they were obviously able to, to make it work um, last year in general. So is that a little bit of that motivation? Um, the other side of that was... Um, they didn't lose a lot of guys on injury, as you
3: said, uh, in one of our interviews last year. So what is the thought process there? Yeah, I think, you know, the club continues to put more and more resources and more and more investment into things. Um, You know, being down here for 12 days, last year we were at IMG for what, seven or eight. So, you know, it's a longer period of time to make sure we're doing things right. Um, We continue to put investment on the sports science side, Um, you know, with our strength coach and uh, trainer and, heart rate monitors and all that stuff so we're continuing to monitor um the athlete's wellness and and put a big focus on it sometimes injuries are just dumb luck sometimes they can be prevented um you know uh, hopefully you know our grass practice field bounces back from a really really cold st louis winter um because you know training on grass as opposed to being on turf is is something that that does help the bodies as well and you know last year At the end of the year, we kind of got rid of a lot of the injuries and, you know, we were able to get on our grass practice field and and go. So um, we're rolling the dice a little bit, but I think we're also really well connected within MLS and USL and some other, you know, leagues for, um, and like you talked about, uh, there's some really good players available that, um, you know, if we do take an injury, you know, six weeks in and, you know, or three months in, maybe we can add somebody that's still sitting out there. Um, I mean, that's what we did last year, Tony Walls. You know, Ivan breaks his leg and, you know, I had to go to the, to the board and say, look, you know, if we, if we want to try to salvage this season and and put ourselves in a position, we have to go find a proven central midfielder. And, you know, Tony happened to be available and, you know, he came in and obviously we were able to maintain until Ivan got back. Um, you know, so you just, sometimes you have to go with it and, you know, we know if we take another injury or something, we're going to have to be creative with a loan or, or something, but, um, You know, I think we've always shown as a club a commitment to adjust if things come along, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes to the player personnel side.
1: Yeah, and and speaking of personnel side, um, you know, a lot of these guys have connections to each other. I don't know if that's random or not. I was kind of curious. You know, a lot of Georgetown guys, a lot of (laughs) Orlando guys, uh, Orlando connections. So, um, you know, is that something you looked at, like looking for guys that have worked together before or not really? Um, not really that they worked
3: together before. Um, and to be honest, you know, there was a center back out there that had played with a couple of our guys in college that we ended up not pursuing. And he went to another team and we had that discussion going, okay, well, you know what? He's played with so-and-so before he's played with so-and-so before. Is that something we should consider? And at the end of the day, we went with what we, what we viewed as the better fit and, and brought another center back in instead of that person. So it's not, it's, it's not so important that they play together. I think it's all about who they are as people, um, and, and kind of what their, you know, characters about what they believe in. Um, what, why are they playing? What are they playing for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a lot of guys with something to prove chip on the shoulder, whatever you want to call it. Um, including our head coach, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the first time he's ventured out of the nest since what, 2013, maybe 2012, um his first time he's out of the orlando nest so he's got something to prove and he's got a lot of guys in his locker room that has something to prove as well whether it's because they had a good year last year and they want to back it up um whether they're in a contract year with us or they had a disappointing year last year somewhere else um so i think there's a common thread and fabric of what these guys are about but i don't know necessarily that uh, we went out and said okay we want to bring in Three guys from Orlando City B, and we want to bring in four guys that have been in Rochester before. Mm-hmm. We didn't set out that way. We would have set out and said, okay, these this is what we're looking for. These are characteristics that are important to us, and they just kind of matched up that way.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited especially about that. There, are, you know, Even like I talked to Sean Reynolds, but there, like you said, there are a lot of guys that do have chips on the shoulder. It's been fun to watch them. Um, and it's been really fun. You mentioned earlier about the this just you know in that I got to watch one eleven on eleven um, that that first day of training, and it was fun to watch the center backs because, like you said, it was almost obvious immediately how different each one of them is. Really, you know how aggressive Sean can be. How um, you know Sam Fink is exactly how I remember him, and it's been fun to watch him. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, anything else you want to say about perhaps I know people are always dying to know how we're going to set up. Um, You can't give away anything. No, but anything you can say about that sort of thing (laughs) to give people a clue of of how we'll look tonight in the game.
3: Um, Tonight you're going to see one group play 45 minutes and then a completely different group play for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of the academy guys may play longer than that because they can't play on Sunday against FIU. uh, NCAA rule they can't play against Division one teams. Um, So Jack and Aiden will probably get some extended minutes tonight. I would imagine. Because uh, they won't be able to play on Sunday. Oh, that makes sense. Um, but you know, we'll we'll line up in a very you know organized shape with uh, you know some good attacking principles. And it's early. There's going to be some some moments where we probably look really really sharp, and some other moments where we look like we're still trying to figure out some things. Um, uh, we've only you know only been together for you know what a week and a half. Um, so that's still a re- relatively short amount of time. Um, you know, with a lot of new guys, but I think you'll see a committed team. I think you'll see a hungry team and I think you'll see a team that really likes being around each other. And, um, you know, uh, we'll see what, uh, what tonight brings. It'll be good. It's going to be good for them just to play against somebody different mm-hmm. and for them to, you know, kind of show some things. The uh, last thing I wanted to ask about
1: was, um, you know, last preseason we played all these MLS teams and had that really cool game in Orlando, um, this year, a couple colleges, Um, Division 4 or Tier 4 team in in FC Denver and um, then we get that really cool game in Evansville. Um, Tell me about all of those things if you can. We're playing a couple colleges and then I'd like to hear about the partnership.
3: Yeah um, you know in terms of preseason games it's you know uh, maybe it's uh, sexy or or glamorous to to play against an MLS team but for the majority of that game you're going to be defending Mm. and um, you know defending is a lot of effort and it's a lot of organization and you should be able to work on a lot of those things in training. Um, Sometimes you can't uh, duplicate, you know, the ball speed and the tempo and stuff. So hopefully we're on the ball a little bit more in some of these games, but we're also going to get pushed and challenged, Um, you know, both tonight, extremely athletic uh, Eastern Florida team and then Sunday FIU. And then we come back and play SIUE, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so we'll be challenged in all those games, but we just felt it was important with so many new guys that uh, we had opportunities in every game to attack and defend. And, you know, last year and, you know, the DC game, we did a lot of defending in the Orlando game. We did a lot of defending and um, you know, I think that kind of showed early in the season with some of our struggles, maybe um, on the attacking side of the ball. So yeah. hopefully we get some good opportunities to do both. Um, and then FC Denver, that's a, that's an easy story. Their president, Eric Fulton, um, his wife is a travel nurse and she was in st louis last summer crazy and he reached out and said hey can we grab a beer can we get a cup of coffee i said sure come by the park and uh, he came by the park after work one day and we sat and had a couple pints and just talked about you know growing the game and you know what are your thoughts on lower division soccer how did the club how did you guys take this massive youth club and get into the professional world what are your goals aspirations and we just sat there for like three hours and had a great talk and honestly have become, you know, pretty good friends. Hmm. And then, you know, he came out to a couple games. He was able to witness the atmosphere and the environment, told me about FC Denver and what they got going on. We kept in touch. Uh, His wife got uh, relocated. Her time was up in St. Louis. Uh, Now they're in the Boston area. Hmm. And he reached out and said, hey, you know, we qualify for the Open Cup and um, sent us some video to look at a couple of players and, you know, said, look, we would really like to expose our guys to what we may see in the Open Cup if we get to that round. Uh, we're willing to come to St. Louis, and you know, I felt in some ways it was our duty to kind of help them get prepared for the for the Open Cup and expose mm-hmm. them um, to see that. And then the other thing is, it's just continuing to grow grow in the game. And our duty is not just to grow the game within St. Louis. I think our duty is to grow the game within the country. And um, you know, this is an opportunity for people to see that there is another level of soccer out there. Yeah. Um, you know, amongst the MPSL and the PDL and everything that's going on and so here's this FC Denver group that's going to come in and um, play them back to back the other thing is our academy guys can play against them so it's you know had we played a college team that weekend they would have been able to play and it's just it's a mess but um, we just felt like you know what here's a chance for the club to to step up and and help a true soccer club and um, you know we're excited to kind of see what uh, you know what they look like and what that weekend brings. Cool. Anything else you want to talk about before we go? No, just uh, appreciate everybody's, you know, support of these new players and, you know, supporting them on social media and, and uh, you know, downloading podcasts and coming out, watching training and all the good stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be here before we know it. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, see the steps that we take and how everything comes together. I agree. I'm excited, too. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks again for listening, everyone. It was a long one, like I said. But I have more interviews coming with a lot of players. I think I have Wallfall. I have a short Bardin interview. I have um, Hilton. I think I have a couple more. So, good stuff to come for sure. Uh, we'll split. We'll uh, mix those in with other interviews throughout the season. Um, just so we can fill out an episode and you can hear from each guy. And then we'll start bringing in new guys from that point on. And um, Spencer might make a return. He has a couple really great ideas that we might implement. So look forward to that in the future. It's going to be a fun season, everybody. I'm liking this team. I love this coach. Um, Wishing them the best and uh, hoping for the best for entertainment value alone, right? It's our club and it's our city. Uh, Before we sign off, I do want to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. It's the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And that is brought to you because I have a great network in the Beautiful Game Network. You can check out, I think it's up to 18 teams in the USL and a couple more other ones. There's There's a British podcast and there's one or two college and MLS podcasts um I imagine that Nashville one will be a MLS podcast at some point as well so um listen in to all those other guys you can get good previews from them and I'll be partnering with them every time we play one of those teams so give them all a listen if you don't you'll be hearing them throughout the season you get a little preview of what they're like again thanks for listening we'll uh I'll be talking to you soon come see me tomorrow at the game
0: Bye.